You're listening to Multi New Media. This is episode 27, Nerd Out November. Hi, everybody. My name is Chase Raz. I'm a university instructor, corporate trainer, consultant, and your host for this show, bringing you the best of technology's impact on business, media, marketing, and education. Software architect and technology extraordinaire Chris Ayers will be joining me today for a lighter conversation that enables us to catch up on a number of current topics that just can't be worked into their own episodes right now. For our audience here in the United States, this upcoming Thursday is Thanksgiving. Friday is Black Friday, which is one of our biggest shopping and sales days of the year. And just around the corner is Cyber Monday. On behalf of all of us here at Multi New Media, we hope that you can take some downtime to enjoy your family and friends and take some additional time out of your day before going on a shopping spree or a gluttonous eating spree to be thankful for the plentiful resources that we enjoy and to find a way to do something kind for others, no matter their level of need. So here it is, episode 27. Hi everyone, I'm Chase Raz and with me today is Chris Ayers. Chris, are you doing okay today? I am doing better, yeah. Better? Better than what? Well, uh, it's just been a busy week and I've been distracted. Uh, new games have come out, uh, tournaments for existing games, Windows updates, you know, all sorts of stuff. Ah, sounds like you've been, you know, just a little bit busy, right? Eh, somewhat. So in this episode of the show, episode 27, we're going to, how about this? We're going to nerd out for November. I like it. There are so many things that we talk about uh, throughout the weeks and say, you know, maybe this should be a show or that should be a show. And we never get to all of them because there's only one show per week. So I thought maybe we'd run through a host of things. And uh, what you were just starting with sounds like a good place, but I'm going to interject and I'm going to tell you, I, I was teasing about this earlier. I was going to tell you that I bought something. Uh, is it Band 2? No, I've, I've already purchased Band 2. I'm wearing it. Been wearing it for a while. Um, you had a did good you, guess before about an Android phone, but that's not it either. Did you buy a, well, there's, let's see, NVIDIA Shield. You can buy a Surface Book, a Surface 4. Uh, you're thinking a little too expensive. Too expensive. In between. Did you buy an iPad? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I buy an iPad? I know. You hate iOS. It probably would be something like a... No, iOS is great on the um, iPad mini, but nothing else. Um, Not a a regular iPad? No, not on a regular iPad. (laughs) Not on an iPad Pro. Not on an iPhone. Not on an iPod Touch. It's great on the iPad mini, and that's it. I'm glad that you're such an authority on where iOS is great. (laughs) No, that, that wasn't uh, an authoritative really statement. check with you before they release any new products. No, they shouldn't. They really shouldn't because I'd, I'd be exactly like Wozniak and saying, and why exactly are you tying this into an ecosystem and not making it play well with other things? Did you hear about that, him, him saying that yet again, that he doesn't like being tied into the Apple ecosystem? Nope. Ah, oh, I love that, man. I really do. If If he had ran the company instead of Jobs, well, probably the company wouldn't be around anymore, but I would have liked it more. No, so I bought uh, a pre-ordered. I don't have it yet. I pre-ordered the Lumia 950 XL. Well, then you didn't. 
Well, I'm I'm kind of glad. You're probably yelling at me, and I mean, as soon as you started yelling at me, your audio cut out. Do you have a device in your hand? No, I uh, no, no, I don't. You didn't buy it. No, I I pre-ordered. Yeah. Right. So when you say I've got a new toy, that usually means you're having it in your hand and you're playing with your new toy, not. Ooh, it's going to arrive soon. There's a couple of reasons I wanted to talk to you about this purchase and make it part of the show. I have to switch carriers in order to use this phone. Yep, they don't support Verizon. That's strike number one. I mean, I know know where I'd be going. If I do keep this phone, I'll be going to T-Mobile. I just can't bring myself to do AT&T. I kind of feel the way about them like I do Apple. Um, uh, I don't know. Have to switch carriers. And here's here's the other problem. This phone was $650 before tax, before insurance. Yeah, I, I ended up buying a 6S Plus, so I, I'm, I'm aware of new phones cost money. But you're at least getting yours um, on, a, on a payment plan through a, through a carrier, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently doing a payment plan. All of mine is going to be up front. Really? You I've can't never do it on a payment plan through AT&T? Um, only the 950 through AT&T. Uh, the 950XL in the United States is only available unlocked from Microsoft at this point. Ah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I typically pay full price for my phones. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I honestly think everybody should when they're able to unless they can get, you know, 0% interest and just break the payments up. Which uh, yep. I know AT and T is doing right now. I do I do commend them for that, um, but that's about seven hundred dollars out of pocket. I don't know. I'm honestly because of that and needing to change carriers. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to use this phone or send it back once I get it. There's what a thirty day period or fifteen day something like that. I was, I'm not even concerned about that. I, I mean I think I'm going to be able to make a decision within about three, um, but. You know, there's a phone. There's an Android phone I'm a real big fan of right now, and that's the Moto X. Um, I had a friend that had that, and there, you know, it when it first came out, it wasn't the most powerful thing, but it kind of was like the vision of what Android could be. Yeah, and now they have the Moto X second generation, and they have the the um, pure edition Moto X. Mm-hmm. I would go pure. And that's only $100 more than the Moto X, but we're talking $399 versus $649. And I'm kind of like, you know, I like Windows. I'm really, I, I truly am, and I, I said this last episode, um, I, I truly am more productive in Windows than anywhere else. So it's not just me having a bias, but I'm not that unproductive in Android. I mean, there's not that much actual work I do on a cell phone. Another thing is check the uh, the Nexus, the, the 5P or the, was it, 6X? Yeah, I heard that 6P, 5X uh, 6P. the 6P is um, delayed. Is that true? I, I haven't heard any more about that, but I've heard it's been delayed. Not sure. Hmm. So I have I have some decisions to make there. My my boss just switched off of his Windows phone as well. and Where'd he go? He, he ended up going with an iPhone because his wife was already on an iPhone and uh, he had an iPad for you know his family and his kids. Yeah, there's absolutely so. nothing wrong with an iPhone. It's just not for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the, the reason for him was like yours, he was already in the ecosystem. Yeah. So. That's a you know, that's a big part of it. I mean, I'm uh, I think between my uh, Office 365 account 
um, you know, everybody's mad about what they've done with OneDrive and cutting down. Uh, uh, to be fair, it's another people, topic we haven't talked about. The, so they went from unlimited storage to what? One terabyte? W- one terabyte. They went from unlimited in quotes, which was right. one terabyte increments, to you get one terabyte. Well, to be fair, there were some people who were storing 75 terabytes. Yeah, the, people doing entire, you know, home media center backups. Well, that's yeah. kind of. I, I mean, I listen. I know people were doing that, but I, I don't know no, why you would do that with OneDrive. That's a little much. Seventy-five. Like, I have a home NAS, and I, I have sixteen terabytes, and I'm an extreme user, and I don't back up everything to OneDrive or or Dropbox. I'll probably put like, you know, I have a hundred gigs on those, and I'll probably put fifty gigs of stuff maybe I want available in other places. But seventy-five terabytes is either doing like enterprise, you know. Enterprise level backups, something shady, or just abusing it, and I don't understand why they had to punish everybody for that. But you know, hey, twenty terabytes, ten terabytes. I don't know why they bumped it all. You know, and I don't want to quote other shows or other media outlets, but I'm I'm going to paraphrase them because I've heard this from multiple places, multiple sources. Just Google or Bing it, which I'm going to bring up later. Um, Just search for it, and you'll find that people are kind of feeling that the reason that wasn't the reason they could have done something about that um it was for other reasons that it just wasn't a business uh, a strategic business that they wanted to be giving away all the space that they were i mean they were giving away 15 gigabytes for free for anybody you know they used to give i think seven and then they upped it to 15 and um i I mean that's that's a little bit much yeah dropbox started with two Right before, I think so, and I had to work hard. I had to promote Dropbox and get other people signed up to get yeah, up to get, five. Get the shares to get like a gig or five hundred meg. Yeah, that was God. That was ridiculous. That was hard to do. It took me a couple of months. Um, I mean, to put this in perspective about having a terabyte, I have a terabyte hard drive. That's the only hard drive that's in uh, my production system right now. I'm about to um, do a minor refresh inside. I'm only using two hundred thirty gigs. And that's all of my professional software for teaching, for business, for this show, for all, everything, the games I have installed, all of that. I'm only well, I'm using less than 300 gigs. To be fair, you're not that much of a gamer. No, it's not. Like, I don't have 20, 30, no, well, 40 like, games on here. I have about three or four. Well, nowadays you install a game, you're talking 40, 50 gigs. One game. Yeah, I'm not playing that type of game either, apparently. Or, uh, or other games. Or, you know, when I do, I play them on consoles, so. Yeah, 10 or 20 gigs is, is nothing to sneeze at. Like, Come on, that, you just... got to get you with your Windows 10. Just put it on the Xbox and stream it to your PC. I, I've actually done that recently. Um, it works great for me. See how we're working on all these different topics? And just well, going straight through them? Um, so have you played with the new Windows 10 upgrade? No, um, I thought I had it installed, and I did not, um, which is something that normally, I mean, it's virtually impossible for me to think I have something that I don't, so I don't know what went wrong in my brain, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm restarting tonight to install that. It was a phased install. I was in the in Windows Insider, so when it first came out, I, I did grab it, because on some of my machines, I don't have the Insider stuff going, but um, yeah, there's a download, and then you reboot, and it almost goes through the installer for windows all over again like it's sitting at the that boot screen with the percentage bar and it'll reboot two or three times and um some of 
some software I have needed to be reactivated after it came hmm. up with 10.1. Do you well, remember anything specific or, or just noticed a few things here and there? Uh, there's some gaming software. Oh, okay. Uh, for, for making uh, D&D and World of Darkness characters oh, okay. uh, called Hero Lab. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's fine. It's more stable, I think. Um, I haven't had any issues. In fact, it cleared up a couple issues I had. Um, when I had Windows 8.1 on my system, I have three monitors and I could walk away and my monitors would turn off after 15 minutes. And that was how I configured them. When I went up to 10, they never turned off, hmm. which became a problem because, you know, yeah. I, I noticed that I got up in the morning and I came out of the bedroom and started walking down the hallway. I'm like, what's that light coming from my office? The office is glowing. All my monitors were on. I was like, what the? So I actually spent like two days trying to figure this out because you could look at the power uh, config command and the com- command prompt yeah. and you can look at what devices or applications are keeping your machine from going to sleep and it looked like it was my audio driver hmm. and you can tell it to ignore this and go to sleep anyways and everything I tried wouldn't work but I finally figured out if I locked my machine it would eventually um, power off like the monitors but it would it would keep running, but it wasn't doing what I did in eight one. It would just kind of do it better than how it did it with Windows ten. So after this first major update, I noticed that the monitors turn off again. Like I walked out, came back, everything was off. I tapped space on my keyboard and works all as advertised now. Hmm? Back to normal. Works as advertised. Um, they integrated Skype. So remember when 10 came out, they removed Skype from the Windows Store. Right, and they had that – no matter how many copies of Skype you had on your computer, you had that awful Get Skype uh, application. Yep. Uh, well, they integrated Skype into the messaging app. So there's now a messaging app, and it integrates with Skype, and it's a, See, I a like Metro that. Universal app, and you can use it to Skype people. I like that. That's the way it had been planned for um, 8 and 8.1. There was a messaging app, and it was similar to the Windows Phone 8 messaging app. Mm-hmm. Um, they worked back uh, Skype into the messaging app on uh, Windows 10 Mobile recently as well. And, I, you know, I really do like that messaging app. It lets me deal – it's kind of like old school when you used to have ICQ or AIM or something, and you'd put all these different – wait, wait, wait. wait. AIM? You didn't call it AIM? No. I've always called it AIM. Because, here's why, in my defense, I know everyone calls it AIM, but here, here's why. Because I, I grew up in the world of ICQ. So I'm used to, hey, there's three letters. Call them out when, it, when you're chat stuff. Well. I know I'm wrong. There's no question about that. No, I'm, I'm trying to remember the right term. There's a difference between um, an acronym and an initialism. So ICQ and FBI are initialisms because you say the letters. AIM, you can pronounce like a word, like scuba. So it's an acronym. Yeah, and, and it's, even a, it's not even a true initialism because it sounds like the words, you know, ICQ. Anyway. Uh, so, yes, I just did that. Don't pick on me anymore about it. Wait, you mean it's... I seek you. Oh, oh my goodness. wow. Back to the 90s and where our minds are just blown. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, that yeah. being said, I'm on the desktop version of Skype because I tried calling using the messenger version of Skype and I had weird issues. <laughs> well, yeah, the Metro version of Skype, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I know we both liked it for certain features, but it was never really as robust or as powerful. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure what I mean by powerful, but it wasn't as robust as the desktop application. None of them have been, and it's because pretty much every Windows Store app runs in a sandbox, and it has it 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 runs in the sandbox. It, it can't talk to you, interact with your system the way a desktop app can. But are Universal apps doing that? Uh, Universal apps run inside the sandbox. Is uh, I don't so, know if I have a problem with that. Well, like here's the thing: like developers like Windows, might. I do web development. I use Windows 10 mm-hmm. on my work machine. And um, so I regularly, when I'm developing sites, like every week I switch browsers I'm using. So I, I use uh, Firefox one week and I'll switch to Chrome one week as I'm developing these websites so that I can you know, get a feel for how it looks in all the different browsers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried using Edge and I could not access a local website through Edge. Just could not. Huh. Because by default, Windows Store apps can't talk to the local machine. They block it. That is interesting. As, you a, know, security, as I, a security measure, they block loopback access. You know, I haven't done any, um, any type of web designer development in the past couple of months, and so I haven't tried that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have Chrome on my system. I have, I've been trying to use Edge. Um, I do use it because it, it's just so smooth and it, it, quick. Install IIS, have a local website, type local host, and see what happens. You will not be able to access it through Edge until you go to a command prompt and do like a store command, enabling loopback access for a package. And the package name is like Edge underscore blah, like all this, like Microsoft.Edge underscore blah, the, well, the actual package name installed on your machine. I don't think that's going to be problematic for too many people, though. Well, they're supposed to fix it, but oh, I'm, okay. hey, hey, I'm, it's not just nerd out November. I'm always a nerd, so. Um. Well, <laughs> I, I, we should clarify, though, this this update to Windows 10 we, we keep talking about, we're not talking about Windows 10 itself. It's the first major update, um, kind of like how they used to have, um, you know, system updates or, or service, packs, packs service packs. Or service packs. So there's a couple different names that this one goes by. Threshold 2. Threshold 2 is the most common one. Uh, people are calling it by its build number, which is uh, 10.586. Uh, they're calling it the November update, the fall update, the autumn update, and Windows 10 2015.11. Which, Why don't they just call it 10.1? Uh, because it's more fun um, well, to I confuse Well, I guess Windows 10 the last version you're ever going to have. So it's right. Windows 10 build... Eight million twenty-seven thousand yeah. five hundred two, and this one's ten five eighty-six, which is uh, corresponds ten five eighty-six on Windows ten mobile, is the um, what we call RTM, the release to market uh, version. Here's the other thing that just came out: the Windows ten kernel on Xbox One. They just released the new Xbox Experience mm-hmm. on Xbox One, and it's running a Windows ten kernel. So, um, which that was, update was really nice. I mean, I don't know if the user interface is all that much better it's a little more intuitive but um, it's a little more intuitive it's it a looks bit prettier quicker. yeah oh definitely quicker um i didn't like one thing they did so with the old xbox one you could go left to like that starting area and you can see all your pins all the apps that you had pinned and want quick access to and they're you, right there you'll get used to it because those and are now, now below yeah and now it's what's running five of the most recently used things and then all your pins at the yeah. bottom. I'm not an apologist for that because I mean you you've grown to expect that in a certain place. Right. Um that's the way it has been since it was originally implemented on on the Xbox 1. However, 
Um, why I will somewhat sound like an apologist here is because they've added the new vertical scrolling with the triggers. So right. as soon as you hit the right trigger on that main page, you're right there with your pens. Oh, see, I don't use a controller. I have the media remote. Uh, so uh, my girlfriend is not a huge gamer. Right. And she just wants to be able to access Hulu and Netflix and, you know, and Plex. You know, that's a good point because we don't use the remote either. Most of the time we're talking to it. Well, I don't – we don't use Connect that much because it, we'll, we'll use it for like Xbox Pause and Xbox Play. Yeah. Like when we're getting up to do something, we won't grab the remote. But we use the remote. It works really well for, for navigating the stuff. You don't have to power on the controller every time it goes to sleep. You don't – you know – just, I mean, most of the time we use it even to change the channel. We do volume with it. Um, in, in fact, we, we have actually at hotels or at other people's houses yeah. started talking to the TV and people look at us like we're crazy. Uh, that being said, one does not negate the other. <laughs> Anyways, okay. so Windows 10 on the desktop. Thanks Windows for that, by the way. On the Xbox One. Um, I'm in my, my office is... In its own room, and then my Xbox One is in my living room, hooked up to my main TV. As it should and be. I agree I with that. have tried a couple of times. I have the new Xbox wireless adapter for Windows, so I use my Xbox One controller on my main PC, and I stream from my Xbox One in the other room wirelessly, and it's the high-quality stuff. It works great. I played Halo 5. Uh, I put in... Fallout 3 uh, for backwards compatibility. What is that? That's the the $49 or $50 whatever. Uh, you no. plug it into your computer and it lets you... It's $29. Oh, it's 29 I thought it was 50 right. So right. it's $29. You plug it into your computer and you use your Xbox One remote with your computer. Well, so currently you can take an Xbox One controller and just use the, the USB cable to plug it in your computer and use it. Mm -hmm. Wired. Yeah, and you know, that you don't have to buy a special cable. Just go get right. your micro USB from your phone. This dongle lets you use it wireless. Okay. Which I don't like wires. Uh, you know, I don't blame you. For 30 bucks. Uh, if you are a gamer, I mean, I'm probably just going to grab a, a cell phone charging micro USB and plug it in if I need to do that. But um, for 30 bucks, I if I were gaming consistently and streaming from the Xbox back to my PC in the office, uh, I'm pretty sure I'd do the same thing. Yeah, so that works great. Uh, I haven't had any issues with it. Um it's pretty cool. See, see, now you can clear off some of that hard drive space and put the games on the Xbox One where Microsoft and Sony, by extension, thinks they belong. Well, okay, to be fair... I'm playing the good corporate puppet here. I don't believe any of that. Right. To be fair, um, my Xbox hard drive is mainly empty. It's my PlayStation one that's filling up. Really? You're buying more games on PlayStation? Okay, so last generation... Xbox sold more than PlayStation in October. That doesn't mean month, a hill of... That's yeah, for 5 launch. Yeah, since they've launched, there's been about three months where Xbox has been on top. It's nothing nothing right. special. But they're, boy, they're touting it Actually, like it's the big, biggest thing ever. It was Halo 5 launch and I think the Tomb Raider 2 launch. Because with that, didn't... Uh, I'm not sure. I could be completely wrong. When, when you bought Tomb Raider, didn't they throw in like every single previous game? Well, I didn't buy Tomb Raider. Oh. So he, he, with the 360 and the PS3, the 360 definitely looked like it was, from all the developers I heard, it was easier to program. Games worked better on it. The network was better. So if there were games that were cross-platform, I bought them 360. 
and I already had my PS3, I bought the games that were exclusive on the th- PS3 side that I wanted to play, hmm. like Uncharted and Gods of, God of War, stuff like that. But everything else that was multi-platform, I bought 360. This generation, um, everything I hear and the specs I've seen, PS4 has 30% more power than the Xbox One, it seems like, from higher clock graphics cards to higher, you know, better memory choices. And um, they're the network's improved a lot. They're giving away a lot of games and stuff. And so all the multi-platform stuff, I'm buying PS4. And I'm almost only buying exclusives on the Xbox One. Yeah, and you know, these Sony and Microsoft Sorry. have... have uh, no, I agree with that. Sony and Microsoft have almost duped some of us into this idea of, oh, keep your catalog on our on our platform. And, and like Microsoft has finally given a now and has backward compatibility. Right. Well, that was part of the new experience. I was... I actually had been previewing it for a while, so I didn't think to mention it. But with the new update, they brought 100 games backwards compatible. Some of the ones they didn't bring were like Skyrim or Red Dead Redemption. I I know. The one – Skyrim, the one game I'm waiting on them to do backwards compatibility. They didn't bring Fallout. They brought Fallout up. They brought one of the Mass Effects up or two of the Mass Effects up. They they brought some other stuff. Um, I mean, if they did Fallout, Skyrim can't be far behind. It's the same damn engine, the same developer. Okay, maybe yeah, I'm wrong. Well, I don't know. It, it, it depends. <laughs> Either. Either way, we've almost bought into that idea, but the reality is, I mean, are you... I don't know. I still have my 360 plugged in. You know, it's not like as soon as a new console comes out, you actually get rid of the old one. I mean, I, I, I guess some people do. No, I don't, but the problem is... But I is, don't. I can count on one hand the number of times I've powered up my 360 since I got my Xbox One. Yeah, I'm not. Seriously. I, I and, agree. And one of them involved uploading my Fallout 3 save games from my 360 to the cloud so I could play it on the Xbox One. Huh. Well, like, I, I mean, that's I, why we shouldn't buy into that concept of, hey, buy all of your games here. Buy it where it's going to be played the best. Or, or the other consideration is buy it where you're going to have friends to play it with. Yeah, well, that's true. I do want to wrap up the Windows 10 thing. I want to go back to the desktop, though, for a moment. Sure. The thing I'm most excited about in this Windows 10 uh, Threshold 2 or the um, November update or whatever you want to call it, Build Uh. 10 586, is actually about Edge. As much as we can pick on Edge, and I am using it. Well, Edge has gotten better. I will say It's getting a lot better. And the thing they rolled out in this update that is in, in clear anticipation of next year's acceptance of plugins is that Edge now blocks unsigned DLLs. So with straight Windows 10, um, I would use Edge for some of my development. And, you know, like I said, I'd cycle every week pretty much. And I noticed that every once in a while, Edge would just hang. Like just 100% hang. Like completely unresponsive. I had had five or six tabs open. And whatever one I was in, maybe I was debugging or, or inspecting or just browsing... The whole thing would hang. Essentially, I, I haven't hit that, but I've un- only done a little bit of it. backend I'd re- stuff. I'd kill it. I'd relaunch it. All the tabs would show up again. I'm like, oh, that, that's nice, and it'd be fine. Hmm. I have not had that happen once since the update. And that's that's good. But, I, you know, I mean, I think they are. Like you're talking about, they're making these massive strides. Like they're fixing the integrity of the software, even though I haven't had it crash like that. But this new one with um, blocking unsigned DLLs, you know, the number of people who get these plugins. And they don't understand that a lot of these plug-in, plugins have malicious software that come along with them and are injecting ads, 
right? And you think, well, one of the number one reasons I'm using plugins in my browser is to cut out ads. But what if I want my toolbar? If you want your, okay. if you want your toolbar, if you are your your own grandmother and you want your Yahoo toolbar, that's but perfectly fine. They can my go toolbar and they, my Google toolbar. They can go through the process and get that signed by Microsoft. And there there is another program that already exists to get certain um, browser add-ins signed. And I if if I understand uh, what Microsoft was saying in their their press release uh, properly, that other process that Microsoft has in place works as well. So it's just kind of the process of saying, you know what, if you do need to access um, those type of libraries, if you need a DLL as a part of your plugin, just get it certified and and get Microsoft to um to kind of um, approve it. Yeah, they're they're. they're... I think that's smart, though. That's um, that's definitely well, going to keep Edge much more reliable and less battery draining than than Chrome. And I mean, that's the number one problem with Chrome: it drains battery and it hogs resources. And going along with with stability, um, the .NET Core release candidate was today. So .NET Core, if you're not familiar or not aware, um, they took a chunk of their .NET stuff where you write VB and C sharp and released it cross-platform so it would work on Linux and Mac. And you could write, write applications in C-sharp or VB and have them run on all three platforms without having any code changes. And it was released in beta, and now they're on release candidate. So they're, re, you know, they're nearing final release, where like the Java virtual machine, they're pretty much going to have a .NET runtime available on any platform. So you write in Visual Studio. Yep. And you can deploy on Windows... Windows Mac or Linux. Mobile, of course, Mac, Linux. What about Android? They just – so they, they had been dragging a little bit on that. 2015, Visual Studio did have tools for uh, bringing Android apps, you know, in the, to the Windows. But it wasn't like – they hadn't been doing a lot with it. But oh, no, I'm not talking about – They update that for day. Yeah, no, I, I know today. they just – and, and we'll, we'll talk about that. We should talk about that too. They just killed the bridge to bring Android apps to Windows. But what about writing in Visual Studio and pushing that out to Android? Is that part of that same bridge? I think that they um, – that might be part of that same bridge. But I, I did see that there was an update about it just today or yesterday. So, yeah, for anyone who, who has no idea what we're going back and forth about, um, I, I think it's pretty clear uh, what Chris is saying, talking about, you know, if you develop in Visual Studio, now you can push to all these platforms. You don't just have to push to Windows anymore. You can also write for Mac and you can write for Linux. But there's been a lot of interest in bringing Android applications and iOS applications to Windows and really a lot to Windows 10 Mobile. Um, the iOS bridge, from what I understand, is already out there. Uh, I don't know if it's in beta. Oh, here it is. And, They're and bringing their Android emulator to Mac. It was released today. Oh, today is the Microsoft Connect conference. Right, uh, but, but Android applications, Microsoft is no longer supporting. I think it was Project Astoria or something like that to bridge and port Android applications to Windows without rewriting. And, and you know, I almost want to... I wonder if anyone has picked up on this. I don't think it's, you know, Microsoft says, oh, it's technically challenging going from primarily Java. And I don't think that's the issue. I honestly almost wonder if this has to do something with the deal that Microsoft and Google reached recently to drop a lot of, a lot of their lawsuits. I wonder if this is something that Microsoft had to do in order to get Google to agree to later develop applications for the Windows ecosystem. 
I mean, because yeah, there's a lot of rumor about that. And this would be, if I were Google, this is exactly what I would tell Microsoft they have to do if they want us to build Google apps for Windows. Huh. Yeah, I'm not sure. From what this is saying is that they had an emulator, Visual Studio emulator for Android that was released with 20, Visual Studio 2015. And uh, they're porting it to the Mac platform. Um, and the, that code editor they released, the cross-platform code editor that worked on Linux and Mac, they open sourced that. Wasn't and they that one called Code? Extensions today. Or is that the Adobe one? No, uh, the Adobe one's Brackets. Brackets. Yeah, uh, if you want wasn't, open source wasn't there editors, Visual Studio, Atom, which was uh, one by GitHub. There's brackets by Adobe. There's code, you know, Visual Studio. Yeah, code. okay, code is Visual Studio. Okay. Yeah, and then another great editors like Sublime or Notepad Plus Plus. Yeah, but you love Sublime. You always mention them. I I've never used don't Sublime. Have a license to Sublime. Uh, right. They do have a version you can use for free to try out, but uh, I use code a lot. Or that's okay. Right. I just mispronounced her name and said some word that's not even a real word. So I've, I've never used them. So I, I'll have to give them a try, though. I haven't done, like I said, I haven't done any development in a while. But, um, you know, I had a student ask me about that the other day. And I said, no, I don't work in that professionally anymore. I said, but I do refresh my skills every couple of years just to be aware of what's happening. And uh, so I'm on all of those learning websites right now going through all the courses and just kind of updating on the state of HTML5 and CSS3 and a um, couple of other things. I mean, HTML5 and CSS3 aren't all that new. I've already been in that. But, but yeah, no, it's um, uh, a couple of those that you keep mentioning I'm going to have to try out. Yeah. Well, we talked about the Xbox, and you just brought up college students. How about games? Been playing games. good games lately? I I haven't. Can you help me with a game? Let's see here. Do you like StarCraft? Because the StarCraft 2 Legacy of the Void just came out, which I is the Protoss expansion for that. Love StarCraft. I did not buy the first expansion. Um, so now Part I... Part of I, the Swarm? No, yeah. I have um, uh, StarCraft 2 Wings of Liberty. That's the last one I purchased when that came out. What, what was that, like 2011, 2012, something like that? Yeah, five years ago, four or five years ago. And then... Uh, the previous one was Heart of the Swarm, and now it's Legacy of the Void. So it's Protoss. Yeah, and so I may buy, I may just refresh it and buy, you know, uh, the the whole trilogy. They'll probably have some deal for that. Um, that that's what I'm banking on because if you know if I buy, um, you know, the second and third add-on to that, uh, it's probably going to be cheaper just to buy a bundle. I think if I wait a couple of months. Probably, and then, uh, you know, on consoles there, well. That's on PC. There's also on PC Fallout 4. Don't say which, it. Don't say it because I'm debating whether I should play that. Fallout 4. And then yesterday was Star Wars Battlefront. So Is that PC or console? All. Everything. Of the above. Yeah, it's so Perfect Fallout timing. Is, what do we have a month before the Star Wars movie? Which I'm going to see on the 17th, the day before it releases. Are you? Oh, yeah. Are you, are you going to be – some people have been mad at me. I have said that that movie is going to run at least until Valentine's Day. It will probably probably close out of theaters um, you know, a week to a month after Valentine's Day. So my thought is when every single couple is out watching a romance movie, I'm going to go watch Star Wars then so I can have the theater all to myself. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Is that a bad theory? Yeah. Why? Because everyone will spoil it over those couple of months? Well, one, it's going to be spoiled. Like, if you actually care about the movie and don't want it ruined, 
Well, the problem with that is J.J. Abrams, and he can't keep a secret, and when he does, they're not good secrets. I mean, if you're a Star Trek fan, if you're a Lost fan, you know we love his work, but (laughs) he's not as clever as he kind of thinks he is. No offense to him. I mean, his work is amazing. I'm not saying he's not a great um, uh, professional in his field, but but his his, um, secrets are not well kept. Well, Star Wars, so going back to the game part, uh, Star Wars Battlefront's cool. Like, it's very beautiful. The lighting, the graphics are great on PC, on PS4 or Xbox. Um, I actually did the demo on Xbox One, and then I bought it on PS4. Um, It's a lot of fun, but, like, there's only a couple of game modes, and there's only so many maps, and after you play it for a couple hours, it it's mainly just shooter, you know? I mean, uh, sure, you get to ride, like... Well, uh, I mean, that's what sells. FPS is what sells, right. but but you, know, you I'm biased, just like the, everything. The, the skin surprise. comes off a little bit after a few hours, and, and it's more about just the shooting instead of I'm the environment a, and the experience. I don't like FPS games. I get so bored, so... I, I get creeped out, I think, is what it is. Well, I'm not a Call of Duty... Well, I mean, Call of Duty was just out recently, but I don't play Call of Duty. I, I, I don't like... That style of shooter, like Battlefront, like Battlefield 4, Star Wars Battlefront, I like those where you can kind of use tactics and you can use the environment a little bit more than just, hey, running around, grenades, spray, 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 lie down and try to camp people. I don't like that. I like, you know, if people work together. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I mean, and, and it's fine for what it is, but it is gorgeous. It, the environments are amazing. Um you know, there's a Hoth battle, there's Endor, there's some, some sand ones. It, it's really cool. Um, you can be in the Millennium Falcon and AT-AT walkers and ATSTs. You can be Darth Vader and Luke. It, it, it's neat. But actually the game I've been playing the crap out of and I'm going to go play as soon as we're done on this is Fallout 4. Uh, see, I knew you were about to say it and I need you to talk me out of buying that game. So... Chase, I know you don't. I, I know you want to buy Fallout Four, and you want me to talk you out of it. So go buy Fallout Four because it's amazing. <laughs> That's what everybody keeps telling me. So this this I, was I played the all pro- the other Fallout games. Like I, I, I haven't. I, I haven't. Can I pick up in this one and, and have any clue of what's going on? Um, there's a bunch of websites. They're like things to know before you go play Fallout Four. If you've never played the series, there's websites that'll teach you what you need to know. Um, mainly. Fallout 1 and 2 were isometric. They were on PC, point-and-click, turn-based. And they're really cool and fun, but Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, which were the ones that Bethesda did, mm-hmm. were first-person shootery. Mm. But it was first-person. You know, there was shooting. But I know in Fallout 3 and New Vegas, you could pretty much max out your intelligence and your social, like your charisma, and talk your way through the whole game. They, they, they have Doctor Who builds where you pretty much just run around and think and talk your way out of everything. And, well, and who did only... Fallout 4? Who, who, what studio Bethesda. developed? Okay. Beth- because Bethesda it looks. Did three, New Vegas, and four. It looks exactly to me like a Fallout um, instance of Skyrim, which, uh, you know, was the same thing. I waited months to buy it, and I was told, oh, you need to get it, you need to get it, you need to get it. And the problem was, when I got it, I used every moment I could sitting in front of the television playing that damn game. And that might happen with Fallout 4. Um, stock up on frozen foods. 
um, take some pictures of your face and leave them around the house for your wife. Like, you know, I, this is the type of advice I love, though. I know a game is good when I hear it because right before buying Skyrim, I had a friend tell me, he, he, he looked me in the face and he said, listen, I know you're about to buy that game. I've talked it up so much. I know you enough to know you're about to go buy it. And he said, you remember one thing. You have to go to work to pay the bills. <laughs> Uh, I was like, was it that bad for you? He's like, yeah, I've literally fallen asleep playing that game, woken right back up and started again. Luckily, I never did that, but I'm thinking, geez, I mean, that's what people do. That's how immersive some of these are. Before you buy, I have one question to ask you. Yeah. How much leave do you have at work right now? (laughs) (sighs) No, I'm happy about that. I, I actually have three to four weeks which oh i'm close to that nice um i'm thrilled about that i've it, uh i only had two to three um that three is just kind of always at a set week um that's why i'm saying it's a partial but uh i used to only get two weeks now i get three and it's like yeah finally we're we're almost european we almost get a month yeah i'm, I'm the same way my previous jobs it was always two now i'm at three it's yeah. nice but um i'd so like six the biggest thing is it's in like 2070 or you know around there and after world war ii like like they have a little bit of an intro video but after world war ii we used nuclear power for good as power sources and so think 1950s Mm -hmm. where they're thinking it kind of crossed with jetsons they're thinking atomic power to everything that's the feel i got from the um, right. from the preview bots that will go around and help you flying cars um but it it's got like the the cleavers feel to it like is this why all of my students are joking about nuclear powered cars yeah okay i wondered where that was coming from this makes much more sense because i just asked about fallout before um that became a theme in one of my classes and i didn't quite get it Right, and there are these vaults that, you know, were created like fallout shelters, and and people would go down into them and come out later. So, what's the objective in the game? I mean, don't spoil anything, but what what what's what are you doing? Um, You're not driving the Millennium Falcon like you are in in Star Wars. So, what 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 will I be doing? It's it's post-apocalyptic, of course, and. This Fallout 4 actually adds a mechanic that Fallout 3 and New Vegas didn't have, which is you can kind of build up settlements. So it's kind of a wasteland. There's there's not much out there, and you can start, like, building up kind of your town and reconnecting things and stuff. But there's lots of missions to do. There's lots of ways to go. It's open world, like So wait a Skyrim. second. You can get all these NPCs and kind of build them into a town? Yes. I will never be able to put that game down. You You – so – after you do some missions early on in the game, um, they start needing food. They need beds. So you, one of the worst problems with Fallout 4 is everything is usable. You can pick up everything. Mm-hmm. Teacups, you take it apart, you get porcelain. Uh, hot plates, take it apart, get aluminum. Um, guns, you can take them apart, get screws and wood. Oh, it's like the alchemy from Skyrim all over again. You, you take everything apart, and then to build a bed, it takes like three wood and four cloth. So, so, and, oh, you want to build a wall. Like, you can construct buildings. You want to build a wall. That's going to be like five wood. Boom. Hmm. Um, so, and you get food, you get water, and now you need the fence. Because if you don't have the fence, raiders are going to come and attack you. So you can build Let guard them try. towers. Let them try. You can build turrets, spotlights, you know, automated rocket launchers. 
and, and there's a perk system. So it's they use special. So strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, and luck. Those are the attributes. And it affects like how much you can carry, how good you are at shooting. And it also unlocks options in dialogue. So if you're having to do something and interact and your intelligence is high, maybe you can hack the computer. Hmm. Or if you're charismatic enough, you might get another option. You'd be like, hey, I'll do that job, but I need more money. Any other games or can I hijack that to take you on a tangent to another topic? You can go ahead and take me on a tangent. So what Fallout 4, why why I don't want to play it is it makes me think – of sort of a, um, I mean, way back in middle school, had to do a creative writing assignment, and I did one on a post-apocalyptic future. Mad Max. <laughs> and um, mine was kind of like, uh, it's kind of eerie now that I think about it, because if we have Siri and Cortana and and um, Alexa from, from Amazon and uh, Google Now, I, I'd written a, a thing where tech companies eventually get power and they go to war and all of those digital assistants... Um, uh, become you know this big thing, and I'm trying to find it in my office because I've I've committed. If I find that work, I've kept a lot of my my school writings from when I was younger. Uh, if I find that work, I've committed to writing a short story about it. But here's why it scares me. Um, it's becoming so true, right? You have Amazon Echo. Have you have you mm-hmm. seen Amazon oh, yeah. Echo? I've had the option to buy it, and I debated it, but I just couldn't justify it. I I didn't think I'd use it. $180. It's basically a cylindrical tower that you put in a room, and you talk to, and you say, you know, tell me the weather. Tell me the news. Tell me what my emails are. What's my schedule today? Play this song. Make a reminder. Add to a shopping list. It's the computer from Star Trek. It's L cars. Um, not quite that good, but that's what it is. And, and, you know, I'm looking at how all of this market's breaking down. And one thing that, um, was really eye opening recently was, um, even outside of digital assistance was back in search where all of this stuff is coming from. I don't know if you followed this, but Comscore is saying that Bing has over 20% of the U S market now in search 20.8. Probably because Yahoo is being powered by Bing. Well, partly. So Google's down to 63.9%, and this is the part that scares me. Um, Yahoo is, uh, I want to say 12.5%, right? And Bing used to be like 4 or 5, right? Well, Bing's been growing steadily over the past couple years. We know they just turned their first profit um, uh, this past quarter. Uh, It's it's not going to erase all the debt from the quarters before uh, for quite some time. But, you know, 20.8% of the U.S. market, that's nothing to to pick at. There is a war building up here between Google and Bing, it seems like. And Yahoo is a a central fighting ground. So Mm -hmm. Microsoft and Yahoo had a contract. They revised that contract, I want to say about a year, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Because this search uh, contract was about search and about advertising revenue, and they were just merging powers for that. Well, what the new contract says is that Yahoo only has to use a majority, quote unquote, majority of desktop search results from Bing. So they're free to go get mobile search results from somewhere else and partial uh, desktop search results. And they've partnered with Google as well uh, from now until 2018. So here's kind of what I was thinking. If we split uh, Yahoo kind of in pieces, that 12.5%, if only 4% of that is powered by Bing, 
which is a very, I mean, real low number. I'm being way conservative here. More than that is. Then that means that Bing has 25% of the search market in the United States while Google's down to two-thirds. Well, I mean, that's just mind-blowing. It's almost time to stop picking on Bing. Well, I was wondering, does that 20% include Yahoo's share since it's powered by Bing? No, no. Um, Comscore breaks Yahoo out completely separately. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's just mind-blowing well, to me. I used to try to use Bing occasionally um, because they reward you for searching every day. I will admit that I do use it, and that is exactly why I get probably $50 but, of free stuff a year doing it. Um. But I don't anymore. <laughs> I tried. I just I got annoyed with some of the results and some like. I, so I've been using search engines for since the web's been around pretty much. Like I remember Alta Vista and Dogpile and all all those back in the day, and you know Ask Jeeves, all that stuff. I I mainly used Alta Vista until it went away and I started using Google. So the way I search and the way I expect my results kind of has been influenced by Google since Mm -hmm. I've used it for so long. Absolutely. So when I try to use Bing and I search the way I think it would work, I don't always get what I'm looking for. You You know know what I mean? Yeah. You you know, but but then again, I I usually search for very specific things in a very specific way because I know how to eliminate the stuff I don't want. That may be part of it. I think one of the things is a couple of years ago, um, Bing uh, changed their their uh, algorithm on the back end, and the results did get better because I remember the first couple of times I tried to use Bing. Um, I, I don't know if you remember. There, there's been a few upstarts that have tried to topple Google. Re- remember the search engine that tried to start up called Cool? Yeah. It was like spelled C-U-I-L or something like that? Yeah. Um, you know, their results were fairly good. Um, but you know, there was just no reason to switch to them. Bing was the exact opposite of it's like, oh, well, okay. I could switch to them because it's a company, an, another tech company I use, but their results used to be horrible. Uh, you know, I just, I don't find that anymore. Um, and, well, here's the other thing I'm thinking. If the reason they might have a growth in search results, um, it could be slightly artificial, when you are in Windows 10 and you mm-hmm. type something, that's it given bings and, it, and, and you've hit you've Cortana hit, bings it. Like it's that's what it does. Yep, like you've hit the, the secret. You've hit the secret. That over the past month alone has grown Bing's market share by two percent in the U.S. Yeah, I was just sitting there thinking about. It. I'm like, yeah, the search bar. Like when you type in a program name to launch. Like if I type in Word, it'll bring up Word, and then. There'll be an option to like search the web, and I just it just bings it. Right. So if you are using that little search bar in the taskbar, and you put something, <laughs> I don't know. I was playing with it too much, and I made Cortana forget who I am. Um, yeah, don't click that button. Go back. There we go. If you type something in and you click on one of those results, then yeah, that's going to go through Cortana to Bing, uh, which Cortana is just a, a personified front end for Bing. And uh, y- you're right. And that has increased the market share about two or so percent, um, maybe slightly more since Windows 10 launched. Well, there you go. That is um, that's surprising that it worked out that way. Wait, you mean one company's product driving traffic to another one of their same products? It, let, now, let's be fair, okay? <laughs> Re- remember, Microsoft had um, government-imposed 
Um, I know. You know, they they couldn't do that for so long. They had the risk of being broken up um, as as a monopoly under antitrust in the United States. The European Union went after them uh, as well in the 90s. Uh, I, I think some of that went into the early 2000s. But then we saw, you know, Apple. Um, and forget Google. Google's, you know, Google plays dirty. Microsoft plays dirty, whatever. We just look the other way. But, I, I, you know, Apple played really dirty when the iPhone came out. And it was just completely locked in that ecosystem, that type of stuff that Steve Wozniak was talking about. Of just, you know, why do you have to lock me into everything? Um, and when they started getting away with it, um, Google had more freedom because they hadn't been charged on antitrust before. And then finally Microsoft said, hey, if all of you guys are doing it and taking market share from us, we can do it again. No, I, 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 I'm not criticizing them. I was being facetious. I, what I would like to see, and correct me if you know if you can do this. I don't think you can. What I would like to see is that Cortana would potentially integrate with other searches. And if you want her, I'm going to call her her, if you want her to search another network, that she would. That's what I would want to see from a company playing above the board of being able to ask Cortana and say, you know, hey, Cortana, search Google for this. Even if you had to say it that way, um, I think that would be a sign of maturity that neither Microsoft nor Google, and let's throw Apple in there, of course, and, and Amazon as well, that none of them have shown in this field. But um, I, I, I think we'll get there. Maybe I'm overly optimistic. Yeah, I I, I don't know. You're not holding your breath for that one. I, I wouldn't either, but I do think we'll get there. Yeah, I was also just looking to see if I could customize which search engine it uses, but I, I don't see uh, no, I don't you, see a way. You can really. do that in Edge, and even in Edge, it's a little complex. What else can we geek out about, uh, or rather, nerd out, nerd out November? What can we nerd out about uh, to, to close this show? Because I don't want to take everybody's attention. To all the listeners, we appreciate the time that you give to us. We, we enjoy that you join us every single week. Um, Chris, what's a good thing we can end on? Hmm. Um, I have been watching some really cool TV shows. Let's do that. What uh, what what Please recommendations? Please tell me you watch Arrow or The Flash. Nope and nope. Oh my gosh, those are some of the best. I'm just waiting on the rest on... of the Man in the High Castle to come out. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. I will give you Man in High Castle. Um, you need. I, I don't know why you have not been watching Arrow. You should be. I don't know either. What network is that on? It's on CW. Okay, uh, it's that's why I don't want CW. But now that I know to check it out, it's I will. It's on Hulu. You know, I stopped subscribing to Hulu. Okay, fine. I may go back uh, to it. I don't know. If I cut Arrow's, cable, I'll Arrow's go back amazing. to it. amazing. The Flash is amazing. They're so good. Um, I still watch Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? Yeah. I abandoned that one a while back. Um, I really love what they did with season one. Like, it was a long setup a little bit. Way too but- long. That's why I gave it up. But here's the thing. You got attached to one of the characters who ended up betraying the team and yeah. you know at first i'm like ah oh, maybe they're just, he's just pretending nope nope still not pretending season two still season three still not pretending you like, know what shows i'm really into right now what um scorpion i love that show and the blacklist because james spader and anything is show. amazing oh my god he is amazing in the blacklist okay best show for laughs csi cyber 
Really? I've never I've it's never watched hilarious. that. Hilarious. Is it? Uh, okay, you know, so they I thought it would be pandering, so I didn't even bother to try. You're telling me crime scene by pulling the path that a Roomba took to clean a room out of its memory to identify where the dead body was laying. So are you saying for a laugh of ha 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 look at what these you know like oh, writers yeah, thought was there, feasible whole websites dedicated to ripping apart the technology and the IT inside of CSI cyber. Well, but that's exactly why I won't watch CSI cyber. I, I just feel like it's pandering to people who are worried about cyber threats, but don't know that the word cyber died about 15 years ago. I view it as a comedy show. <laughs> yeah, but it's not meant to be now, is it? I don't know. Like one episode started with the Wi-Fi was going out on some planes in the air, so they got on the phone with the president to announce a national emergency. Well, that doesn't seem very real world, now does it? Oh no, the Wi-Fi's gone out. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully we're leaving everyone or everyone with a laugh, so thank you all for joining <laughs> us this week. We'll be back over the next few weeks. Uh, nerd out in November. We'll, we'll, we'll have to come up with something for December, but Chris, thanks for joining me today. Not a problem. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.